Hello everyone and I am Professor X and welcome to the Nerdcore Symposium. This is our third episode of this but our first in like two or three years. So I am the moderator of the panel today and with this are... Hey, it's Kay. Shelly. Kamikaze. All right. And our topic for today as we figured out before the show is going to be our favorite artists of the aughts. So we're talking about that one decade at the beginning of the millennium. What is your three favorite musical artists of that period? Okay. And we'll go with each person around the table and let them give their three, tell you a little bit about it. And then we'll come up with this group's definitive list of the three best artists of the 2000s based three on... Three favorite, not three, three best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not three best. Best is different than Absolutely favorite. Absolutely not the three best. Thank you. <laughs> Thank no you chance, for clarifying. There's no chance we're going to pick the three best artists <laughs> of the 2000s. I'm not prepared for that discussion at this time. this group's <laughs> three favorite artists of that decade. I there think that's a, a far <laughs> easier Thank you for task. clarifying. I didn't want anyone to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> As everyone knows, all three of the best artists of the 2000s were Weird Al Yankovic. So. <laughs> all right. So yeah. let's uh, let's go ahead and start with K. Give us your three favorites of the aughts. One hundred three, or do we want to like go one at a time? One at a time. One, I, one, I, one. I, I, just a, just a lot a live live yeah, mix it suggestion up. on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. One at a time is fine. Yeah. Let's go one at a time. Let's mix. All right. It up give us yeah. a, all right. K. Give us your first. I choice. will give you my first, and my first should pretty much not come as a big surprise. My first is Jay Z. I honestly surprised myself a little bit. Frankly, I wouldn't, if you'd asked me in the, in the aughts, I might have had a different answer for this question. If, if I, and certainly if I was going to pick out a rapper out of this. But quite frankly, Jay-Z is kind of undeniable, and the aughts were his most undeniable. Um, he released a very good compilation album in 2000 that nobody really remembers. Then he released The Blueprint, The Blueprint 2, The Black Album, and The Blueprint 3. Um... Along with a couple of projects that he, a couple of albums that he did with a certain R. Kelly, that were Those bangers at the time, and we have don't need to talk about well. those. We don't need to talk but about that. But the totality of what he put out in the 2000s, and that's not to mention any of the numerous verses that he popped in, or all the remixes all the, on the the, the gray exa- album, and all those like remixes of the black album. It is a pretty undeniable resume between 2000 and 2010 so jay-z would be my first nominee a representative 2000s song an art song from jay-z dirt off your shoulder there's really not i mean in my mind there's i mean there are a billion choices to make out of out of the 2000s but dirt off your shoulder is right pretty much one of those (laughs) where just get out the way (laughs) just throw it on and let's go Shelly, who is your first? Well, I was I was thinking about doing Beyonce to tag off your Jay Z, but Beyonce was already the shit before the two thousands. <laughs> so, and I'm glad somebody mentioned her because she's I'm like, she needs one of the biggest selling artists of the decade. She's the fucking best, yeah. but she was already the shit before then because <laughs> Dusty's Child was already a thing, like in the nineties. So, mm. 
Certainly not to say that Jay Z didn't have any albums before 2000. Yeah, I mean, true. Yeah. But just any conversation about Jay Z has to include Beyonce at this point because because they are family. Fair enough. They're a force. (laughs) (laughs) So, my first choice for my favorite artist of the 2000s is Pink. Pink was and is, I think, an incredible kick ass role model for girls that aren't necessarily conventional Mm -hmm. um but aren't necessarily like like they're still pop they're just not the they're like me (laughs) they're like me uh they're not anarchists they're yeah they're they're just kind of like rebels we just we we're rebellious but we're not i don't know that's not your identity yeah yeah it's just part of of who we are and that's just part of who pink is and now as as time has gone pink has proven herself to be a badass mom which like any badass empowering mother figure is the shit so pink is my top choice a representative pink song that you would recommend to people you can pick literally any song off the misunderstood album and you would get a fair representation of why she's a badass what's your favorite uh, Family Portrait. Yeah, that's such a great song. <laughs> Family Portrait or that's Just Like excellent. a Pill. I mean, Both of those are were were real strong contenders. I didn't listen to her much back then, there, but Just Like a Pill grabbed me. Well, well, yeah. One yeah. one of those is like medium. I'm in my feelings, and one of them is oh, I'm all the way in my. Oh my feelings. god, you will you will notice that my you picks are all on. about our feelings. <laughs> Family, Family Portrait yeah. is like when I need a good cry. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, and the music oh, yeah. video is absolutely amazing. Dude, Pink has always used kids in her emotional videos because a lot of Pink's emotions come from her fucked up childhood. Mm. Uh, I, I love that honesty and vulnerability that she has in her music as well. It's important for artists to it's put It's like that honest out there. and vulnerable, but still catchy and poppy and kind of trash, but in the best way. Tom, who's your first choice? I know this is gonna be a strange choice, uh, but uh, you know, like um, it it has a nostalgia for me, um, and I listened to Weezer a lot during during the aughts, and uh, and the and it was one of those things where they hadn't made music in a, for a while, and they came back with um, the Green album, but like in one of the summers, like uh, that was um, in between. Uh, I want to say, like, I think it was a sophomore year. So it was, like, one of those things where I was just, like, sophomore college. Um, okay. <laughs> so so I was just like, oh, my God, they're back. You know, so I really like that album. But, um, you know, even so, like, um, I know that their best work may not have happened that that um, decade. But at the same time, I love Make Believe. Uh, the song I would pick would be uh, Perfect Situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the, that album, I really like that album. So, Perfect Situation is my favorite Weezer song to do yeah. karaoke. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those things where, where um, yeah, Pink- Pinkerton might be my favorite album, but at the same time, if you're talking about, like, um, having, there's no, there's something about, about as you're growing <coughs> up, 
something coming back and you think, oh my god, they still rock. <laughs> I mean, I was just... Because the Blue Album is one of those things where it's um, it's about 40 minutes. It's like under 40 minutes and it's about one of those things where you're like, you listen to a whole thing and you're like, oh my god, what just happened? <laughs> and then and the, for any time they put out an album, it's not usually very long. All their songs are very short. So when you uh, when you like uh, when it's a great album, you're just like, oh my god, this is crazy. So yeah, that's why I have Weezer up here, even though, you know, it's it's uh it's influenced me a lot. What's the deal with my brain? Why am I so obviously insane? In a perfect situation, I let love down the drain. There's the pitch, slow and straight. All I have. My first choice will be the White Stripes. So um, Jack White is literally one of my biggest musical influences, Mm -hmm. particularly I I can say for a fact that post-1990, he's my biggest rock influence. So as I clean up this soda from the keyboard of the laptop we're recording, Jack White is literally one of the most proficient users of the guitar that is alive. Mm. Like, he does things with that that all of the greats did. Like, any great guitarist, he's learned how to do their thing, and then he's taken it further. And while this isn't a 2000, this isn't an aughts thing, I've seen him live since then, and I don't think anybody in America right now puts on a better show than Jack White. And that's, I learned later, but, you know, those first couple of White Stripes albums that were in the, those, the aughts are really fucking brilliant shit. Live, even when it was just the two of them, the White Stripes were pretty electrifying live. I saw videos and stuff, and they're just, they destroy things on stage. You're going to learn something about music when you see Jack White on stage. So that's why I picked White Stripes. All right. That's a good one. What's your right. round two? Well, no, what's your song? Oh, oh yeah. Mr. Your Moderator? Song. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> it's what, what, funny. What yeah, there's no question on that one. It's I Can Tell That We Are Going to Be Friends. Oh, what which a great song. Conan O'Brien actually uses on his podcast as his intro song, show because his podcast is Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And he invites <laughs> each person on and pitches them on being his friend. So the intro song is I Can Tell We Are Going to Be Friends. That's not on karaoke. But as soon as make I can it. find an instrumental, I'm going to make it. There's no instrumentals to it. But I might, that's the type of thing I might pay <laughs> a guitarist <laughs> to do that because it's just him on an acoustic. So it doesn't need anything else. So yeah, I might do that. That, that might be worth the money. Yeah, karaoke, that, that's a karaoke life right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers, letters, learn to spell. Nouns and books and show and tell. Playtime, we will throw the ball. Back to class, through the hall. Teacher marks are hide against the wall. Teacher marks are hide against the wall. We don't notice any time pass. We don't notice anything. We sit side by side in every class. 
she thinks that I sound funny, but she likes the way you sing. All right, Kay, what's your second right, round choice? Round two. Oh, round two. All right, I'll start off round two. And, you know, there's an interesting mix here. I like it so far. Let me throw something else in here. The Gorillas. Or oh, oh, yeah! Yes! Um, I, 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 I like... And this is why I hang with the people that I'm recording this podcast with. Because, you know, that's the kind of reaction I get out here. Is, yes, the gorillas. I and mean, I will make this argument, and I will make this argument strongly. Um, it's a virtual band. Yep. <laughs> um, the dude who sang song two, Woohoo, the Woohoo, that one, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Um, decided that he was just going to create a band a cartoon band of four members in which he would play a lot of the music and then he would bring a lot of his dope friends to do music I want to see them in. live. Yeah. I want to see yeah. them live. I, and <laughs> like, I've heard it's an incredible show. I want to yeah. see them live too. But in their 2000s, I mean, first album comes out 2001. That's Clint Eastwood. That's, you know, everybody yeah. knows. Yep. Everybody knows so that one. For my money, for the money of K, who was talking, who put the girls up here. Demon Days is their best album. Um, I I think it might be one of the ten best albums of that decade. Maybe one of the five best albums of that decade. Frankly, um, it's incredible. Um, the and the visual the the visual artistry that you know they put into their music videos had as. It was almost as impactful as the music because the music was everything. It was hip hop, alternative alt rock, trip hop, um, electronica. EDM. Yeah, EDM when EDM wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Frankly, um, yeah, it was the kind of musical amalgamation that is incredible to witness. And frankly, I have <clears throat> I am perfectly fine throwing these throwing the gorillas in the mix with anybody. From the two, from the odds. Fully support support your decision. And yeah, and I would suggest that even going further, if you don't even just limit it to just the gorillas, any Damon Albarn just overall, just all the shit he's doing, the gorillas is just one of those, but he has all these other projects. And he's actually a pretty big influence on me in the concept of, hey, I'm doing this thing, (coughs) and you know me for this thing, and now I'm going to do this other thing that has nothing to fucking do with that. And you're going to like that too. And I love that concept of just being really left field, right field, all over the place with the concepts and the projects and the fact that he would bring in a cartoonist and a DJ other than himself to come in and do that other stuff. Um, it's good stuff. Jamie Howlett and Dan the Automator, I think, are the other two. Jamie Howlett is the, an, is the, the animator. And yeah. he, he, is the, he, and, he, he and Damien are the only two permanent, permanent members. Yeah. The, the, all the albums have been produced by different people. Yeah. Um, stay tuned. There might be a connection to my third artist. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, as for a song, uh, everybody knows the hits. I'm going deep. I'm going deep cut here. November is come off of Demon Days. It is, listen to it. It is incredible. In fact, here's a snippet. Slow it down some, no split clown bum. Your gold hit sound dumb. Hold it now, crown them. Where you found them at? Got around town, could have drowned in it. Would have floated, bloated, voted, sugar coated, loaded, hip shooter. Draw for the poor, free coffee at the banks. Hit through the straw, none more for me, thanks. That blanks the roar, that dank short stank lit. Sank past the pit for more hardcore prank spit. Crank it on blast, roll past front street, blew the whole spot. My round two pick is Alicia Keys. Boom. Because she's a badass. Um, no, Alicia was really my first 
exposure and introduction to sexy in music. Uh, it's my first intro to R&B as a, as a genre. Because so Alicia I, Keys was to you as Prince was to me. <laughs> Those are good influences for that. Yeah. And then <laughs> the other thing that I love about Alicia Keys is that she, on the flip side, like she's sexy, but she's powerful. And uh, as, as I've gotten older, now, again, I super respect her as a mom. She's really into conscious parenting, and she's it's really so amazing into body positivity and body acceptance. And she's so powerful like that. that I forget at times that she's sexy. Does that make sense? Because <laughs> no. she's that, very hot, okay, sexy, so but she's so powerful sense, and strong and intelligent. That also makes me really upset for you, <laughs> because that means that you were raised to think powerful women aren't sexy. No, like no, you, no. That's not what I meant at all. The no, opinions no, of the press are not necessarily <laughs> That is not what I meant at all. No, I mean you like. It's it's a subconscious thing that you've been you've been raised with the ideology of. It's not you. It, a I, lot of people forget me, that powerful I'm women are also way, sexy because they are way more into se- powerful oh, I know. women. Yeah, and intelligent women are the only women I find sexy. <clears throat> That's not what I meant by it at all. I, it's like her, she's not presenting her videos as a sex object, and she's not presenting herself sex first. It's coming through because of who she is. Yeah, yeah. And so it's she, subtle like and it's pow- it's sexy. powerful, but it's subtle. And yeah. she has so many things worth listening to that I don't start with sexy, even though it's there yeah. the whole time. Yeah, she's she's yeah. real into her feelings, which I appreciate. Uh, and a lot of her music was, I mean, so in the, in two thousand I was ten, so <laughs> <laughs> so like Alicia Keys was was what I thought sexy was. And I mean honestly I still think Alicia Keys is what sexy is. But You're not wrong. I mean I'm not I mean there's other there's other versions of sexy too, but Absolutely. the the ten year old me thought this was the only option for sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's what's growing up. <laughs> I was hoping we learned a little more from there, but I've I've clearly We all remember our first. I have clearly evolved, but <laughs> I got that. I got a thing for Alicia Keys, y'all. No one's gonna argue with it. Uh, so songs. Okay, so so if I had to pick, Tom did not endorse that political joke. A sexy, powerful, a sexy, powerful song. Karma. What goes around comes back around. Incredible song. Incredible song. It's a good one. All right. Tom, what's your second choice? So, my second choice, um, um, probably not that strange of a choice, but like, uh, my favorite album or song is not in this decade, but they're definitely one of, they're, they've got to be top three because, uh, it's Franz Ferdinand. Um, the first two albums, every song off, off those albums are absolutely amazing. Um, so like, um, the right words, right action, um, is like, the album I really like and the 
and Fransford and Sparks is something I really enjoy oh, too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you told me about that. Yeah, I, it's absolutely it amazing. But, but seeing them live and like um, you know, through the aughts, I was in grad school in a college with one street light. So like, and uh, summertime it was very very quiet. So you know, like the late nights in the lab, you know, that one of the few things that you could do was like this was the era of YouTube and seeing rock concerts broadcasted on YouTube. So yeah, like, you get to watch like a, the song that's awesome to watch them do is I believe it's called Outsiders, where each one of them picks up a drumstick and the all four band members drums <laughs> the whole song it is one of the most ridiculous things and it's like it's a, and it just goes on you're like oh my god this is craziness <laughs> and you just see banging on the drums and they're like banging on the side of the drums and all that stuff so it's it's Don't pretty go crazy ahead and serve <laughs> it's definitely like when i saw that i was just like like yeah this is awesome. <laughs> it's like sends chills down your spine. You're like, oh my god, I cannot believe that. Because they're literally rattling off the the um the tom tom like on the side of it. <laughs> just like you're like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> and they're it's, all like on beat. It's like the OK Go video but with with a drum set. <laughs> this thing is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and they're just like like they do that thing where in Spinal Tap they're like dancing around um. What's it called? Uh, um, uh, the, oh, why am I? The Stonehenge. But they're dancing around this drum set. <laughs> just banging the shit out of this thing. It's hilarious. They're just like, I cannot believe I've seen this. <laughs> and if you were going to recommend a song to people mm. from that era. Uh, I mean, uh... It's a difficult one, um, because like, kind of, honestly, like, the one I like to do for karaoke, I believe it is done in, uh, it is, it is a song from the aughts is, uh, Can't Stop Feeling. That one, um, that one, because I, I love Alex's voice because it's so, he goes really low, and I don't usually go low, so like, you actually have to, like, oh yeah. Like it's not ridiculously low, but it's definitely low, and and he has a good range, so it's like oh my god, this is this has got this incredible style to it. So that's why I would say, um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there's a lot of great songs um, because there's also the, the song that everybody probably will remember they know that dance song called Michael. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. the more famous one, but yeah, uh, Michael's a radio hit too. I remember. Oh yeah, yeah, radio. it's a dance song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, right.
working in a place where I live 40 miles away from where I lived. And so I had these long drives every day. Yeah. And um, Franz Ferdinand came up in that rotation. Oh, yeah. Gorillas came up in that rotation. Yep. But the number one thing that came out of that in the rock zone for me was Green Day's American Idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to put Green Day in there. And it's not just that. If we go a little loose and count 2000 as part of the aughts, Which they is. released it is. Warning. It is, is the warning definition is. of aught. And yeah. <laughs> Warning is, had a couple of songs that I really fucking love, Minority and The Warning, the title track, and a couple other songs. And then American Idiot set fucking everything up, and it was the, mo- it was the best Game political Peter. album of the decade. And it changed a lot of things. And then they still released another album after that in 2009, and that's, that album combined with American Idiot became the Broadway musical American Idiot. And so this still comes out of that. And obviously at um, RevX, we did Karaoke Idiot show back. And that was from this time period where Green Day became... I had been a Green Day fan since Dookie, and Dookie was my favorite album of that year. And then I went and got all their old stuff and then kept listening forward. But Warning, I like almost as much as Dookie... And then American Idiot's just a fucking American classic. So there's no more defining album about the Bush era than American Idiot. And so that's why I picked Green Day. And then, of course, the musical that came from that is something I'm a massive fan of as well, even though that was much later. So, um, Frankly, it's one of those things in our pre-show, pre-show, pre-show meeting. It's a good thing that we kind of hash that out because if... If Green Day had not been in here, I might have had to do it simply to have the American Idiot conversation mm. because American Idiot was, um, you, as you said, a seminal album for its time, mm. like in, indelible for that time. There, I don't think there's, I really don't think there's a better encapsulation of what life in America was like in 2004 than American Idiot. <sighs> I don't know. Asterisk. We'll, we'll get back to that. We it's all fine. have it's a fine. different We all know what, what life was like <laughs> <Yeah>. in 2004. <laughs> Other people may have different opinions, but that's my sincere opinion. So that is, that's, that describes it. Hmm. Hey, Jimmy's coming down across the alleyway. Up on the boulevard like a zip gun on parade. Lights on the silhouette. He's disappointed at Coming at you on the count of Hey, what is your third choice? Third choice. And again, I, I'm a little mad at Professor Rex for... I, not, I'm not, I don't know that everybody's going to notice this, but he kind of spoiled my little fun fact for my three a little bit earlier. My number three, Gnarls Barkley. Gnarls Barkley. And the fun fact is, all three of the people that I've... That, uh, my three artists, all three of them, Danger Mouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. The through line between the three. As... Uh, Professor Rex said at the beginning, Jay Z, the gray album, the bl- Jay Z puts black out and the black blue album, yeah. and um, Danger Mouse really kind of the like kind of blew up by doing the gray album, which was the mashup of the white album and the black album, yeah. and it was the Beatles sick. White album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Beatles. I also like the black and blue album, which was Weezer. 
Yeah. It was Weezer's Blue album. No. Like, the, cause so just to, for people that don't know, when Jay-Z released the Black album, he put out a message and said that whoever you are, whatever <clears throat> people out there, you can remix this entire album and I won't sue you. Oh. And every a bunch of people did. There's like seven, eight, nine that came out that year. But the two best ones are definitely, the Grey album is definitely a definitive change in the way music works. Danger Mouse changed music with the Grey album. And then the Black and Blue album, which is Weezer's Blue album, is just such a perfect fucking mashup. Wasn't there also a Linkin Park one, too? I think you brought Is it that where Numb came that, from? That's Collision. Oh, but that was like it started and then that led to it. But I thought there was one, there was a a Linkin Park mashup with the, the Black Album <coughs> before, and that led to Numb Encore. Okay. I think, if I remember things correctly. Let's hear more about Narrow Sparkly. But yes. That, <laughs> that, that the um, Narrow Sparkly, um, it's oh. an incredible combination of an artist who was kind of under the radar in, um, in uh, CeeLo Green, and a producer who really was just doing incredible kind of genre-shifting things. In, in, in the aughts, in Danger Mouse, and they got together based off of working together on a track on somebody else's album, and they were like, hey, this is awesome. Why don't we do, why don't we do something? And they came up with, and they came up, they, they decided to make themselves a band, and they only released two albums. Um, they were both incredible, and frankly, my opinion, and Rolling Stone would back me up, <laughs> The song of the 2000s, the single best song of the two, the, the biggest song of the 2000s. That's the best is best is not the right word. We discussed the, the best yeah. is non-definable. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the biggest song of the 2000s, which was crazy. Um, yes, I've been humming it in my head since the second and, you said. And maybe the most performed karaoke song of the 2000s. Yeah. I, it's, <clears throat> it was in crazy. Is so done at karaoke. Yeah, and it's actually died off a little recently, but for years and years and years. If you were going to karaoke on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, somebody was doing crazy. Of course, because it was that song. Everybody, everybody loves crazy, and everybody loves it because it was an incredible song. So my first. So my first. I can't help it. My first concert. Who can? I can't. I can't not. Every the minute I say Norman Barkley crazy. It's in your head. Whether you're singing it or it's just playing in your head, you're thinking about that song. Every every single person who's listening to this knows what that song is. So my first my first live show keep singing. My first live show is an original (laughs) artist. We did two covers, and one of them was crazy. Because we were rap group shit, dude. I didn't I I was just a ain't that some shit guy <laughs> the other guy in the band who could sing because this was like fucking this was aughts yeah no yeah it probably was it was probably oh 2006 or 2005 and we did our first show at this bar that I still go back to when I go back to Tallahassee birds aphrodisiac oyster shack <laughs> the best karaoke ah. night in Tallahassee Florida you know People know the lyrics of Crazy, but they, you know, everybody's just kind of building up to the chorus. The lyrics yeah. of Crazy are like, it's a breakup. Of, are kind of heavy. Yeah. Um, all, breakup and not about, a positive it's breakup. It's all about remembering. <laughs> but no, um, who's going to save my soul? I actually might have gone with that one had Professor Rex not brought that one up because I was kind of looking for something off of The Odd Couple, which is the second album that people 
didn't get, didn't really get with as much because it didn't have one of the best songs of the decade on it. Um, <laughs> but fine. Um, but since you brought up since you brought that one up, I'll actually go back to St. Elsewhere. The first track, Go Go Gather Gospel. If we're going for a deep for a deep cut from your boy K, there it is. Um, Perfect. It is. I mean, the the title would probably indicate that it will take you to church. But it takes you to church <laughs> in ways that it, you're not going to really understand until you listen to it. So, and if you're listening to my voice, listen to Go-Go, Go-Go Gadget Gospel. And here's the snippet. Shelly, what's your okay. final choice? So my round three pick for favorite artist mm-hmm. from the odds. I was not super into this person in the odds, but I think Rihanna has she she her musical career was born in the odds, and since then has become a goddamn goddess. <laughs> Uh, she is she is literally the boss bitch. Like, <laughs> like you hear no arguments out here. <laughs> again, like like don't no one's even gonna try to argue against me because I'm right because I speak the truth, which is Rihanna. Rihanna is the truth. I think what I love most about Rihanna is how drastic the growth between when her first Music of the Sun album came out in 2005. Up until present day, like, she's gone through so many transformations of what I see as gaining her independence and owning herself. Because her early albums were very produced. Yeah. Uh, not, not that there's not the same, like, level of production. It's just her more recent music is much more authentic Rihanna. She's when, not a product. Like yeah, many pop yeah, female she was, singers are. They're she was produced by as Dr. A product, Luke and now and this she and that is marketing products. Yep. Like bitch was a was a brand name and now she owns her own brand name. So. She's a, she's a standard now. You she's compare a, yourself to what and Rihanna she's, did. She's on an activist point of view, she is body positivity one oh one. Like she can teach a master class on loving your fucking body. <laughs> At, at any size, at any shape, because she's gone through so many transformations, physically, emotionally. Uh, she's very, she is truth. I'm going to stick with that. Rihanna yeah. is truth. Absolutely. Uh, so this, the song from the early 2000s that, like, super stands out as, like, the first bumping song that I remember of Rihanna is Pond of Replay. Uh, high school. <laughs> so it was, like... <laughs> when I first figured out that dancing was fun. <laughs> Rihanna, Rihanna, turn the music up, please. I I personally got real into Rihanna with Unapologetic. Um, and I think that's also when she started really taking over her own career. And the she partners up with amazing artists as well. Oh, Jay-Z, yeah, yeah. Kanye. Like, Eminem. Slash. 
Like, Rockstar 101, people. Like, look it up. <laughs> yeah, in terms of professional and musical growth, and just like being a badass bitch, that's Rihanna. February 22nd is Rihanna Day in Barbados. Oh. <laughs> also, also, I just want to say this Rihanna versus Beyonce bullshit is bullshit because Rihanna and Beyonce are both goddamn queens and one should not be held above the other because they are both goddesses. And the idea that you have to pit two <clears throat> popular, influential black women against each other is bullshit. Right? There, there just, there's not just one, okay? There's, a, there's a well and of talent. Both and Janelle Monet and everybody and Lizzo. else. Lizzo. and, you know, there's so many other people. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Diversify. Diversify absolutely. your music. The DJ won't you turn the music up. It goes one by one, even two by two. Everybody in the floor, let me show you how we do. Let's go. Dip it low, then you bring it up slow. Run it up one time, run it back once more. Come, run, 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 run. Everybody move. Run, let me see you move. Run, rock it to the groove. Done. Shake it to the moon becomes the sun. All right, Tom, what is your third choice? Uh, well, everybody at this table probably wouldn't be, this is probably expected from Not just at, at the table, table, from everyone listening as well that knows who you are. My. This is absolutely who they're So I'll pick. tell you who it is, but uh, I'll tell you something else. So it is The Killers. Uh, I've done... Hey. <laughs> done... I think my count is like 44 karaoke <laughs> uh, songs from the Killers. So uh, I just want to actively look. That <laughs> so I, pretty much. So I just want to give that a little bit more context. Tom has sung 44 different, different. Killers songs at karaoke. Nobody that will ever hear this will ever know 44 <laughs> different killer songs, including me. And I've sung like a dozen killer songs. Like, that's gotta but be, I can't name 44. That's, a, that's at least three full albums. Yeah. That's more Plus. That's more than Brandon Flowers <laughs> like, has sung in concert. Like, how many songs has the killers produced? That's a, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bunch. A, it's a bunch, They've yeah. got like five, six albums. Are yeah. there any karaoke tracks of the killers that are in current existence? Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. There's a Land of, the free, Land of the Free. I would love to. Like, um, I have never seen it. All like, right, well, let's get you on the books. I've never seen it, so... <laughs> so There's no have, song he's ever sing by, seen by them that he hasn't yeah, sung. That, yeah, that so I went it. to Minnesota, and they had... Three, three songs. I was like, well, I'm coming back to see like, these three songs. And like, so <laughs> how many so there are those three? There, there, so there are three songs out there. Yeah, there so like they, were all, they were all out of hot bus. And they couldn't, the guy couldn't believe that I was singing. He's like, he's like, I got these. I could not, he's like, I cannot believe you're singing these. <laughs> well, and the, the very reason that Tom and I became good friends, we knew each other, was the song Indie Rock and yeah. Roll. Yeah. Which originally I thought was on Hot Fuss because. That was back in the downloading oh, songs illegally it era. It and I yes. downloaded what a all great the, era. but it's yeah, I was it downloading But it's not it's not on the album sequence. Yeah, it's, it's on a mean. bonus track. It's like a something. bonus yeah. track and I had it as one of the other tracks. So there was a yeah. song on Hot Fuss that I didn't hear till years later because yeah. I thought but whatever. Yeah. But yeah. it's like they're like up there. They're, yeah. If 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 I didn't know you were gonna pick the killers, I might have picked them. <laughs> yeah, well the funny thing is is that like uh, that is the the song that um, uh, pro- that's the song that I remember meeting you, not not yeah. like we had met before. Yeah. But like oh, you came out, 
you came out of your way after I sang that song. You're like, you're like that's the way that that song's meant to be sung. <laughs> and like, well, so I got that for that karaoke place. Yeah. And no one else knew the song. Yeah. And I had done it once terribly, and then you did it. And I was like... I really like when I add a song to a place's karaoke book and then someone else does it better than me. That is like one of my goals in life. That's why I put in artists that I don't like. Yeah. Because someone else might be able to do them in a way that I'll like them. Yeah. Like everybody at this yeah. table is done. So. so the surprise thing <laughs> for everybody here. Surprises. Like, um, 100%. Believe it or not, grad school was a very quiet time for me. Um, <laughs> I didn't follow any new music. I didn't know the killers in grad school. It wasn't until I were you in grad started, school in two thousands? Yeah, like yeah, I was in grad, I was in college for like ten years. Okay. So you like, have to answer. it wasn't but until like two thousand twelve that I uh, actually like like started doing karaoke. So it was one of those things where, where like, uh, sometimes I forget. I became a huge fan. Like the first karaoke songs I ever did was like, "Read My Mind," which I found incredibly difficult to do. It's really um. And uh, there were. Brandon Flowers is a good singer. Oh, so yeah. And Darren Hams is a great singer. Yeah, when you do But it's not just. But it's not just. Live. But the way you. The way, way the music's actually. Like, um. I've seen none of my favorite artists live. Sung and. So the, the background music. Some songs, you can go up there and you're like, oh, I know the style. Or, or I know the melody will carry me. That is not the case for the who, the the Kellers. It's just like you're just like if you don't know the vocals, you're like, you're fucked. <laughs> it's, like, it's really hard. Um, and I uh, there was like the first few songs that I did was um, like I listened to Samstown. Samstown was like was my favorite album. Uh, and uh, I was just like before even Hot Fuss, I was like, oh my god, Samstown's amazing. And Hot Fuss is awesome too. And you know, like I did it. I was at Cafe Japanese and like, uh, oh, and uh, you could, if you go there, if you went there at like nine and stayed till like two, you could easily get in a dozen songs because people would not sing their songs. It's like, oh yeah, I'll take the mic. If you're giving it to me, sure, I'll take it. I still fiend for like uh, an experience like Cafe Japanese. Um, the song that everybody should and probably would know is uh, Mr. Brightside. It is... Um, uh, in um, most people's opinion, one of the most well-known songs in karaoke, and yeah. on the internet probably. Yeah, so. and, and, and I probably just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> probably just leave it at that. Tom, yeah. can I can I ask for something slightly deeper? Can I ask for deeper? A deeper cut? So no, we're gonna right. put indie rock and roll. No, we're gonna play indie. Yeah, rock and indie rock and roll. Indie yeah. rock and roll is the okay. song that that's we the met one. over, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's like the that's the thing the that okay. yeah. that um uh, um uh, yeah no I mean it was one of those things where. I don't know how I knew about it, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'll sing this." And like, Kenny came up right afterwards. He's like, "He's like, that's why I put it in the book." <laughs> I was no. like, <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. And this friendship, pretty much, uh, started right from that point. It was just like, yeah. I think strong friendships, in general, always have a basis in music. Hmm. It doesn't mean it's necessarily the only basis. And it doesn't mean that things that start elsewhere... It, well, I mean by that the things that might start in elsewhere, there's always joint music. Sure. You always share songs with people that you're close to. If you yeah. don't, you're not close to them. I mean, like, I want to, like, devil's advocate it, but 
frankly, that's yeah. No, most I, of the people, most of the people that I'm close to, like yeah, we have we have songs that we fuck with together. <laughs> frankly, few things are as like intensely personal and emotional than songs. Yeah, when you're going through something. You listen to music, and whether you intentionally listen to that music or not, you associate it with that period music or that memory. friendship or that it's in yeah. its sense memory. Your body feels it even if your brain doesn't. So there's yeah. very few things that are as powerful as yeah. music. So for an example of this is uh, my sister and I are very, very close but not karaoke clothes. She does not enjoy karaoke as much as I do. Doesn't enjoy the same music. Nobody, Nobody enjoys, enjoys karaoke as much as you do, Tom. But actually, I'll say this. Both Tom and I... Not another human. I will, I will say not this. on this planet. I will say this, and I'll speak for Tom whether he admits it or not, is that after doing... 12, 1300 karaoke songs between us in one year. Both of us like karaoke less than we did last year. Like, um, I mean, come on. Yeah, well, I mean, but at the same you time. You can't deny it. And you, you go I to mean, it less. I. It was a labor of love. But at the same time. But 2019 is also. But at the same time, I, I so do, I do um, expect it to get better. I, I do too. Yeah. And it's already the started. Burnout for is me. Real, so, what I, back to my point with my sister. My sister <laughs> is. Is the reason why I love Les Mis at the end of the day. It was like back when I knew nothing about music, she was a chorus, my God, person. And, you know, like she was. Singing. Like she actually did shows too, or just like. Well, she was in a, like, um, uh, uh, like a junior high chorus, and they were singing like uh, Les Mis. And I was like, who is 24601? <laughs> this is fucking awesome. Like I remembered it from. Even 20 years out, yeah. it was one of those things where, where music does root, like, um, no it's, matter how many years goes by, it's like, yeah, I totally remember that. And there's songs that, that um, uh, as much as we don't connect at karaoke, um, uh, we connect on certain songs that nobody will, like, there's, there's, um, uh, it's there. Like, for example, uh, cross-cultural. Mm -hmm. Um, my sister and I lived in Hong Kong for three years and, um, very few things made it to Hong Kong. One of them is Wham! <laughs> and the song Careless Whispers sung in Chinese. And like, oh. so basically when we came back, we're like, oh my God, <laughs> it's Careless Whispers. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things that, that, um, we, um, have a vivid memory, like all the way back to when... When I was five and when she was three, it, you know, it gets it. Um, music is an amazing thing that um, no matter how much you think you have that musical relationship, there's always that that root and that root is um is there. Yeah. And it um, uh, yeah, if you really think about it, most everybody that you know, even my dad, who speaks conversations of of like twenty words to me on a phone conversation. Like, um, I love Teresa Tang mainly because, like, uh, he loves it. I will listen to old-time Chinese music. Um, she's one of the most well-known, uh, like, uh, Chinese singers. And, yeah.
my third choice yes, sir. is in a surprise move for me because I don't generally go pop. Ooh. And I don't oh. generally go I'm to so biggest intrigued. selling. Ooh, no, but my intrigued. favorite artist of the aughts is the biggest selling artist of the aughts, and that is Eminem. Oh. For a second, I thought you were going to say JT. It was, actually, it was actually super difficult for me not to pick a black rapper here because Eminem is the only white rapper anywhere near the top 20. Like, rap is a black art form created by black people to express the black experience. And people who helped create that were always open to people from outside their experience who didn't culture surf, didn't appropriate, and spoke from their own place. So I decided in like 1987 or 88 that I wanted to be a rapper. In 1987 or 88, the only rap on the radio was gangsta rap. <laughs> and so I didn't start rapping then because I'm not a gangster and I can't see from that perspective. And I can't in any way validly represent that perspective as I was then. Mm-hmm. I can't really do it now, but I can at least promote the right voices and pass on what those voices say. But And then I just, I knew what I knew. I knew like... NWA and Two Live Crew and Too Short and <laughs> shit like that. These are iconic artists who change the music, but they also are all coming from perspectives that are nothing like mine. So I can't be a Compton gangster. I can't be an Oakland pimp. <laughs> I can't be a New York banger. These are not my things. And so it took me from, like, I was, rap became my favorite music in 1987. Like, I listened to it way before then. Like, my earliest listening to rap was on the bus to middle school in 1981 and 82, while WFAM, which was FAMU, the HBCU in Tallahassee, the historically black college in Tallahassee, that had an AM radio station. And my bus driver played that AM radio station every morning on the way to middle school <laughs> and he played WFAM and WFAM was playing awesome. whatever it's a AM station in the early 80s FCC is not paying attention want. white people aren't paying attention you can put whatever you want on there so in that era the only white people that ever were on that station were people like George Michael because hmm. If you pick a certain song and play George Michael, you might not know he's white if you never knew who he was. Mm. And stuff like that. Like, Hall and Oates got on there a little bit because Daryl Hall was blue-eyed soul. Madonna got on there when she was a little sexier in those early 80s things. But also on that radio, on the way to school every morning, I'm hearing shit like da ha da ha da ha 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 but this is about Eminem, right? The John. No, this leads up to it because <laughs> that song that I just sang is the Rappin' Duke. It's a song in 1982 or 83, wrapped from the perspective of John Wayne. <laughs> it's weirder than it sounds, <laughs> and so obviously John Wayne is one of the whitest and most anti-black people in American history. His movies didn't have black people in them, and his stuff was all racist. If you're not a white dude, we should kill you. 
It was either, it was never black people he killed in his movie. It was either Native Americans or Vietnamese. That's who his people killed because it was the Vietnam War started. But the rapping Duke was by this rapper named Sean Brown, not a white guy, who made fun of the Duke through this song. And this kind of thing was like the shit I'm listening to when I'm on the bus in the morning to school. It's so complicated. So that kind of hip-hop thing, I got ingrained from hip-hop before there were white people other than the Beasties doing it. And the Beasties I give full props to, but they're not an individual MC and they don't work individually. Mm-hmm. Maybe MCA would have been a great soloist. But the other two guys, the high-pitched guys, their, their brilliance is playing off of. They're like huh. the interactions. And so... I got really into hip hop and I got really into the concept that like you have to, as a white rapper, take an extra step. It's like kind of the way that our society treats black people in general, that if you're a black person, you have to be an extra good black person for our society to accept. So my approach was this is a black music. So if a white person's going to do it, they have to be extra good at to do it. And the Beastie Boys got there, third base got there, a couple other here and there, but not really. Third base didn't really get there. Third base so, only got the third so, base. No, 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 no. They didn't get all the way No, no, no. <laughs> Pop-wise, you're exactly right. But if you go ask all the rap artists from New York that invented the music, they're included. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm just, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm making jokes out here. Third base actually has more cred than Beastie Boys amongst people at the time. Um they didn't last. <laughs> and it's because their one pop song was Pop Goes the Weasel Because the Weasel Goes Pop, which is a really dumb chorus. But the rest of the song is brilliant. Okay. Yeah, oh, oh, I, I know Pop, yeah. pop, pop Goes the And they're making, and they're making fun of MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice in the song. Mm-hmm. They're cred as fuck, but that's a dumb fucking chorus. <laughs> and then, so the first rapper that comes along who fully knows all the history of rap and is a white guy he knows all that shit and he comes out there and he doesn't start playing around by saying the n-word he's doing the hardcore shit with the full insults and he stays away from the n-word and compared to many other rappers of the era he was actually less sexist and less homophobic than many of those other rappers now there are individual songs by Eminem on those 2000s albums that are sexist as fuck. Like anything where he's talking about Kim. The Bonnie and Clyde song where him and his daughter go bury his mom in the beach and a lot, anything with the word bitch in the title, any of those are horrifically bad. But on the same albums, Eminem would have songs that were brilliantly the opposite of that. And he was doing things with the form that no one else had done yet. And then a couple years later, he hit the speed thing and he became faster than any rapper in history. At one point, he held the Guinness Book of Records with the song Rap God. But he didn't do anything particularly faster there than he had already done. And he had these characters and he had these punch-ins from the background stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these other different songs. And then when he realized the song got too poppy and popular, he was like, Y'all are liking it for the wrong reasons, and I'm not doing it anymore. It's sort of like Chappelle with Chappelle Show. He quit, not because of the money, because <laughs> he got offered $50 million for a comic show when no one got that kind of money. Yeah. It was that Comedy Central wanted him to keep making these jokes that racists were laughing at. 
And he said himself is like, people started laughing at my jokes for the wrong, white people started laughing at my jokes for the wrong reasons. And underneath all of Eminem's music during this period, and keep in mind, this is all of his big shit. Slim Shady LP, Encore, Marshall Mathers LP, Rehab, and Recovery are all between 2000 and 2010. Eminem show as well. Eminem show as well, yeah, yeah. Which is maybe the best of those. <laughs> I knew I was forgetting something, but maybe song for song, Eminem show might be the best. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you can, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So it's like, it was like, and I hate, I personally, it physically pains me to pick a decade and then the artist I'm picking is a rapper and that artist is white. That (laughs) physically hurts. But all the rappers other than Jay-Z, randomly, although he's done a song with him, but all the other rappers... All put Eminem in their top five except Jay Z. So it's not just me. <laughs> I mean, Jay-Z, there's some cred to it. And, and Jay Z, for the record, Jay Z probably that was a political thing. For Jay-Z. And Jay Z loves Eminem. Yeah, he's done songs with him. He just uh, won't say Eminem's a, in the top was, five. It was a big deal when like Jay Z, yeah, Jay Z like showed up on yeah, they they showed up on each other's albums. Um, Eminem produced a song on Jay Z's album. Like, what are we talking? Jay Z understood. Maybe I'm not going to put him in top five for, I don't want to say this in front of who, you know, who, what, whatever. Yeah. Um, and the, it's, the respect it's, was clearly It's there. 100% valid, too, to if you're promoting who the best people are in this historically black art form to exclude non-black people from that. That is a valid choice. Mm-hmm. And if you complain about it, you're a bad guy. <laughs> you can't complain about Jay-Z leave or and Rakim kind of did the same thing earlier. He put out this, and if you don't know who our Rakim is, Rakim invented multisyllabic complex rhyme. You know, all the shit you like, he invented that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you too. Everybody. Whoever you are. He invented multisyllabic rhyme that wasn't like nursery school rhyme. Uh-huh. Before Rakim, it was like my name is Jay, and I'm here to say, and uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then Rakim comes out and he said, thinking of a master plan. Ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. And there's like every syllable is on a beat, and it's like art. Uh. Rakim made rap high art. It was art before that, because all creative stuff that makes people feel something is art. But Rakim made it high art. Now, white people don't agree with that, but white people are stupid. <laughs> white women aren't that stupid, except the ones who yeah, are voting for Trump. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> the majority, fucking, the majority of white shit. women voted for Trump. So We were we were raised with a fuck ton of privilege that we don't deserve. So y'all are the second are... worst group in all of society after yeah, white men. Exactly. So we're, yeah. we're terrible, but we're not as terrible as y'all. Yeah. <laughs> See, I am mentally disabled, so I'm not in that category. <laughs> I'm not a regular white guy. <laughs> I'm not neurotypical, and I'm not straight. I'm bisexual, so I'm not a white guy, white guy. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure this is what the nerd corner of people are doing. I'm also not a. This is the content that they're here for right now. That's the whole point, Kay. And this is why all of y'all were scared of this show and the event. No, this is the way it goes. We want to tell nerds when they're wrong about all that shit. 
So, like, there might be a show down the road as, like, top stupidest nerd reactions to a <laughs> casting. I can't wait oh, for that. Shit. Yeah, exactly, oh, God. right? Oh, God. <laughs> no. Fuck yeah. that. That'll be a different show, but yes. <laughs> but you automatically is like, yeah, I would listen to that. You got me. Haley, I know you miss your mom, and I know you miss your dad when I'm gone, but I'm trying to give you the life that I never had. I can see you sad, even when you smile, even when you laugh, I can see it in your eyes. Deep inside, you want to cry, because you're scared. I ain't there. Daddy's with you in your prayers. No more crying. Wipe them tears. Daddy's here. No more nightmares. We're going to pull together through it. We're going to do it. Laney uncle's crazy, ain't he? Yeah, but he loves you, girl, and you better know it. World we got in this world. When it spins, when it swirls, when it whirls, when it twirls. Too little. You- All right. So, we all voted. Shelly voted. Kay voted. Tom voted. And I voted. And Samara came in as an extra special vote. And these are our final list. Alright, so I will say that the only artist that anyone mentioned that got zero votes was Franz Ferdinand. Okay. I love Franz Ferdinand. (laughs) But they're not a top three. I, I, I mean, I love. They're I not love a top Fran- five yeah, on this on. list. I love Franz yeah. Ferdinand, but all right, things that only got one vote were Gorillas and Gnarls Barkley. But that's I but so you. just so you'll you know, <laughs> listeners, we excluded people from voting for their own things because I don't think we mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I stand by it. Yeah, two votes went to Green Day, Weezer, Rihanna, and Jay Z. Tied for second place with three votes each were The Killers and Pink. (laughs) And, not shockingly, (laughs) the biggest selling artist of the aughts was also the favorite of this group with four votes, and that was Eminem. Now, (laughs) I do want to say, and I don't think we really mentioned this before, Is that we need to mention that Eminem during this time and other times is playing a character. And a significant portion of the times the character that he's playing in these songs is very, very misogynistic. Oh, for sure. To the point of killing his ex-wife with his daughter. That happened in the aughts. And in in various other songs where he killed his ex-wife. And he used the word bitch excessively. And he did quite a bit of homophobic stuff as well. A lot of homophobic stuff. So we want to recognize, and we've done this before in the RevX 50 and 15, that Eminem is one of those complicated artists. That he's brilliant and smart and progressive on some things, and regressive and misogynistic and homophobic on others. And the one artist that I would have mentioned that didn't make it, because we were talking about that, right, would have been Kanye. Who's even more of those things? Actually, in the, I would not actually in the Kanye. aughts, in the aughts, Kanye wouldn't have been more misogynistic than <laughs> Eminem, Eminem. No, Eminem <laughs> close. He got and there. So, he, he caught up though. But so, real quick, yeah. Shelly, what we we were talking? Um, yeah, who missed your? Who just missed your nominations? Like the the one oh, the one person that you really missed. wanted? Yeah, you really wanted to get was, on there, but you I couldn't. was thinking about putting Evanescence on the list. Evanescence on the list. Uh, Evanescence was very impactful in my early high school career. Uh, now, was that because it was a female singer or because of the content? Uh, it was because, one, it was a female singer, so it was fun and easy to sing. Well, easy to yell, really. I didn't really sing it at that point. I yelled it. But mostly it was, 
it was angry chick rock and I needed something to express that part of my personality which is a very minor part of my personality as I've become an adult I'd angry chick rock <laughs> is a big part of mine if we had done I mean, the 90s like I said earlier I would have put Courtney Love and Hole on there uh, but that's 90s so. amen alright real quick Tom you're the, the one, yeah, you're just almost, yeah, almost Honorable made your mention. list. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. There we go. I uh, would pick Muse. Muse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Why? Um, uh, mainly okay. because, uh, like, I didn't really start listening to Muse until I started doing karaoke, but I had known of Muse just on a random, like, uh, search of a, um, like, soccer tricks. There was a soccer tricks YouTube video that I was like, Fascinated by the tricks, but like, who the fuck is playing the background? <laughs> Literally, and it was did you say was soccer tricks? Soccer, yeah, soccer okay. tricks. Like uh, ball I didn't understand what tricks, he said. Like, um, well, I know what amazing. it is now that I heard you. And and I'm like, who the hell is playing in the background? And I'm like, and they're playing. Time is running out. Oh my god! I was like, this song is <laughs> absolutely amazing. Song. Yeah. So uh, and yeah. All right, <laughs> I will jump in with my. With mine, um, I ha- I can't even I follow the rules. I'm giving you two, um, <laughs> I can, because I can't decide between like these two titans of fucking um, two thousands hip hop, Fifty Cent and Ludacris. Uh, um, oh yeah, for sure. I I couldn't sure. like Staples. get them on my my three. Like I had to so, make some decisions on my three. But um, I we all know if you if you had ears. And you were listening to any type of popular music in the aughts. Um, you heard both of 50 Cent and Ludacris oh, all sure. over you. So what I'll add to that is that 50 Cent is so talented <laughs> and such stupid lyrics. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Fair and, enough. But I will add to that that Ludacris may be... The most talented individual in the history of hip hop. That doesn't mean he's the best rapper or the most talented rapper, but in you include the big picture, nobody in the history of hip hop may be more talented than Ludacris. That you know what that is? A topic for another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Professor Rex, um, let's get us your your one, mention. your honorable mention. Let's you know, you got what you have the no, last I, my honorable mention was Kanye. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll do an outro, though. Go across here and each everybody say goodbye to the audience. Oh. Goodbye and good night. <laughs> bye, bye, friends. Later, people. Because I had one other sentence to say, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. Yeah. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Like, that seems like how you would close again, the conversation. And like, yeah. <laughs> this, he's he's going to end up closing it with this, right, right here. It's fine. Like, we're just... We're we're just all talking as like we're wrapping this thing up and like this is what it's gonna end this, up being. This this, this, this is will be the oh, end of our conversation. This will be the this end of this works. podcast.